Welcome to Monkey Talk, brought to you by The Four Monkeys Wrestling finally got this under control so i apologize for the technical difficulties but we are here welcome back to the bald monkeys podcast welcome back to our twitch stream welcome to monkey talk welcome captain chuckles thank you christopher and what's going on what we got going on tonight i don't know man i i don't see anything on my twitch but um i don't really care because we have the man the myth the legend we have Tonight with us, Mr. Sugar Dunkerton, Shug D. Welcome, my friend. Hola, how are y'all? What's what's the deal? I appreciate it. I wouldn't say legend. I wouldn't say legend. I'll take man. <laughs> oh, I'll come take on, myth. come on. No, 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 no. Like, in all seriousness, I'll take man. I will take myth. A legend is something that has to be developed. I'm still in the, I'm still in the process of, like, a legend's got to be bigger than both the man and the myth. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So we'll see. That's still in the development of. <laughs> we always like to start at the beginning. And everyone has a beginning. So let's learn more about Shug D. What was young Shug D like? Um, very confused about life in general. And uh, it, it would only grow to create more confusion as I got older. Um, I don't know. Like... Uh, just honesty, honesty kept. I was a weird black kid growing up. I had strange <laughs> interests. I was into things. Uh, when you're, when you're, when like I had a military family, so we moved around a lot and everything. But the basis of everything will always be the fact that I'm a strange black child born in the South, specifically Georgia. That combination doesn't exactly work for people at that especially at that time so like you you know you you've got wrestling interests you have you you like the transformers you like robotech uh you have a strange penchant for like music that's older than you for the time frame that you're in so um you don't really get along with people too well sometimes or people just have a tough time trying to understand you because you have to be in this little box, and it's like, ooh, what's outside of the box? Um, you would have fit. You would have fit in well with us up in New York. I, I, I mean, I guess, <laughs> like I never, I never got to go. You know, I, w- I went to Germany. I went to a whole bunch of places. I just never got to go to New York. You know, um, but especially just coming up, I just felt like everything had to be so defined, and because I wasn't quick to try to define myself, that always ended up being kind of problematic. Um, even when I was going through middle school and then like probably early parts of high school, it's like, uh, you know, I'm not depressed enough for the emo kids. I'm not, I'm not hardcore enough for the thugs. I'm too black for the rocker kids. I'm not smart enough to be in with the nerds. I'm not like, I'm not like, so I'm not like, so throw away my life that I'm in with like the cutters. 
it, it was just weird. And then eventually when I just decided, like, whatever, like, we're not going to worry about the boxes, everything kind of came together. And then, yeah. Kind of slid into who you were, slid right. into your, your own world, your own yeah. persona. And then I messed around and, and fully entered professional wrestling and messed my life up again for um, another decade and a half. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's where we're at. That's well, we're at. before you messed your life up, what what stood out in wrestling? Was was there one moment where wrestling was like, that was the first moment you recognized it and, and got into it and were a fan? It's it's among like my earliest moments because uh, my dad had a bunch of uh, VHS tapes that he recorded off of AFN that was like the Armed Forces Network. So I used to love diving into those tapes, the, the BASF, Extra EP, Six Hour Tape. The Holy Grail. If it said BASF, you know you was in for a good time. Block <laughs> some time off. Um, but you know, that would have stuff like, you know, you you know, you got your Thundercats, you got yes. your uh Denver the Last Dinosaur, random G.I. Joe episodes, the real Ghostbusters, not the knockoff Ghostbusters, but the real Ghostbusters, mm-hmm. things of that nature, just a lot of stuff off of AFN. And um, you could always count on the last few hours to usually have like a wrestling pay-per-view on it. So the earliest memory that I could probably come up with is WrestleMania five, which of course was the main event of Hogan and Macho Man Randy Savage, the Mega Powers collide. You know, they set it up at four and then whole year of build, you know, build. Remember that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah. Story. Uh, right. Drink. You know, drink. We actually <laughs> yeah. had a storyline thought up the year before to get to the next year. <laughs> wow, mind-blowing. Uh, but, yeah, like, uh, that was uh, that was really cool. And I just I, – I fondly remember that. And, um, you know, it was just the theatrics of it. It was the physicality. It was colorful. It was, it was loud. It was stories that you could understand and you could feel. And, you know, I, 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 I just knew – I didn't know if I was going to be in it, but I knew it was going to be like a hard part of my life, no matter what. Was was one of those two guys your guy, or was there somebody else that stood out as somebody that was like your favorite? Again, I had weird interest. Um, I was never, I was never a guy that picked the main eventer. I always picked like, always like if you ask me like my favorite wrestlers, it was the Coco Bewares and the yeah. Norman Hollies and the Crash Hollies and the Santinos of the world. So it's like. I, it's very rare for me to be like, yo, this main event guy, that's my good, that's my guy, man. Like, nah. Like, I think the closest to, to me ever being like, yo, I stand a main event guy is like Nakamura. And just look at him. Like, mm-hmm. that's that's what I'm about. Like, mm-hmm. the guy like that, that's what I'm about. Yeah. Did anybody stand out as a guy that made you relate yourself to the point of, man, maybe I could – Maybe I could be like him. Maybe I could go do this and be a wrestler. Uh, um, nah, I wouldn't say no. that. Um, I, I, I could always appreciate the fact that, like, um, I felt like it was just one of those things where it's like if you wanted to get into it, because I, I think it wasn't even a person. It was just the fact that I used to read, like, those aftermags. In particular, it was the WOW, like the World of Wrestling magazine. Mm-hmm. No, those things was on point, man. Those things were pretty nice. And WOW was one of the few ones that was actually actively covering the independent scene. 
So while I was over in Germany, that's how I found out about Wildside in Georgia. And that's how I found out about, like, all the indies. You know, I, I learned about the Super 8 from those magazines, all that other stuff. So I'm like, this actually exists. So this is where guys go when they get out of their contracts and this. And then mm-hmm. I dived a little deeper. And when I went back to Georgia, they used to have uh, WGN. And our, not WGN. It was It was another one. It was like a local affiliate or whatever it is. But they would show a different kind of ultra-local wrestling every day. So, like, Wednesdays, it was always after 10. So, Wednesdays was always ECW. But then, like, Monday, it would be, like, USWA. Tuesday would be, like, Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Thursday would be, like, I I forgot what they had Thursday and Friday. But I was like, oh, my God, I just saw them on TV. Or it was, like, it was the guys that were either going that were down – getting ready to go up or yeah. guys that were up getting ready to go down so that's how i knew there was this other world out there and it was like okay how do i get to that world so i can get into the world that i eventually want to go to and then yeah that's why i started learning about the indies so thank that, you that's, that's like the original iwtv it's like that was yeah. iwtv before it was iwtv like when we didn't have the internet like, it was just a TV channel and a bunch of wrestling. That's And, awesome. a magazine, and the magazines, man. Like, yeah. your local syndication network was, was schooling you. And if you weren't staying up to watch it and defying your mother's orders, what were you doing with your life? What were you doing? Exactly. I, I feel like I've, I've, I've lost 30 years of, of wrestling fandom while wasting it on the main promotions and not paying attention to the stuff that's in my backyard. And it's, it makes me sad. I'm voracious. Like, around that time, it's like, if it was wrestling, I wanted to know it. I had to know it. I didn't care where it was from, where it came from. I, I needed to know what it was. And um, if it weren't for those magazines, um, and I still have, like, a large stack, large collection of them, if it weren't for, like, PWI, if it weren't for, like, WOW, if it weren't for stuff like that, it's just stuff I wouldn't have known. And um, I, it, it means so much to me now looking at those. Um, plus the beauty of those magazines was, you know, cool pictures, all that other stuff like that. There were no comments that you had to go down and all this other stuff. Cause now when you get on the website, like things didn't get ruined for me until, uh, I, for, I forget what the name of the website was, but it was my first introduction to like Scott Keith. And, um, he was writing for one, I think he was writing for WCW, like he was doing the reviews of WCW at the time, but that's when I got related, when I got introduced to star ratings and (laughs) work rate and politics and all this other stuff like that. So, uh, that's when everything started going downhill. I kind of wish I had the ignorance drapes back over me again, but it is what it is. You have to learn sometimes. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, before you got to that point, mm-hmm. you had to start somewhere. Yes. So what's the story with how you got into the ring? And f- from just a little bit of hearing you talk, it doesn't sound like there was too much sports going on, maybe. I did it, and um, actually, it's it's very interesting. Like I got, like it's not like I didn't do sports, and I wasn't I wasn't athletically inclined. But it was like any any sports that I got into, it was just a holding place until I figured out what was going on with this. So like, um, 
I took martial arts for a while, um, specifically like Taekwondo and Wushu. Um, I was on my I was on my high school wrestling team briefly, and here's why. Uh, me being me again, voracious appetite for wrestling. I watched everything from the A shows to the Z shows. You know, I was I was watching I was watching. Uh, hold on, yeah, th- th- that was also wow. I was I was the guy that would watch Wow. And I wanted to know if Riot was ever going to get her chattel shot against Jungle Girl. I needed to know. That was the kind of stuff I was down with. If you don't know what I'm talking about, then you ain't talking real. Like, just get out my face. It's a different level. Me and you are not the same. That said, uh, like, I watched Jacked that night. So Jacked was like, okay, for those of you who don't know Jacked, okay, Y'all might talk about this little program. You might have heard of it. It was called AEW Dark. But before AEW Dark, there was this show called Jacked. And that's where you went to see the indie dudes go against, like, the really good WWE dudes that couldn't get on Raw. And you find out who could work. So this episode, everybody was talking about because I think it was, like, I think this was, like, the S.A. Rios low-key match. That everybody was, like, oh, 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 oh. Like, they were losing their mind about it. <laughs> so it just so happened that I tuned in to watch that. I don't know how I have an Afro pick in my hand, but whatever. Um, I tuned in to watch that, and a commercial ran for a local uh, training school that was about 10 minutes away from my house. So the beauty of that situation was, if I didn't watch that episode of Jack, they immediately canceled, like, they stopped syndicating Jack the very next week. Oh, wow. So if I didn't watch it that week, I would have never saw the commercial, which would have never led down that path. So um, I went. I have no need to name the trainers or anything at that time because it was like, you know, it's they took my money. They taught me some stuff. It wasn't anything to really get me set forward, which is one of my biggest regrets when I started. Um, It wasn't the best training in the world. And there was a lot of things that they didn't teach me behind the scenes as well, too. So it stunted my growth for a while. Like, there's a lot of wasted years there. Um, if I cite my original trainers, it'd be Dr. David Reigns, it'd be Jeremy Vane, and it would be Murder One. David Reigns um, was the first person, and th- that's the thing with wrestling. A lot of the times, people will keep an impression of you based off of, like, you know, they could have saw a match of yours five years ago, and they're yeah. still convinced you suck. Yeah. They don't know if you've improved. Then nope. He's like, I don't know if he's any good, but five years ago that match was trash. So he's trash, <laughs> still trash. Nobody can grow, you know, all that other stuff. So yeah, I was having trash matches. You know what I'm saying? So like, okay, I can admit that. Some people say I still have trash matches now, but it's high quality trash. It's, <laughs> it's hot trash. Mm. Um, and you know that's their opinion. I, I I don't really care. I still got paid. You know, so we're good. Uh, that said, um. He was the first person to sit me down, and instead of just saying, you sucked, he said, you suck, but here's why. And then we improved week to week on that, and then my booking started getting better. And I think he's one of those guys that was a really great wrestler that nobody really knew about. He's fine. Like, you know, he's a police officer now. He's, he's you know, beautiful kids. You know, he's, he's happy. He's good. It's just he didn't want to pursue it, but he was really good at it. 
And then um, Jeremy Vane cleaned me up a little bit more. Uh, former Wild Side TV champion. He's one of the best best to do it. Um, and then Murder One, he added a little bit more flavor in, got me thinking a little bit more outside the box. And um, I just thank the three of them because without them, I probably would have been sunk. Yeah. As for the wrestling team, I got to cap this off with that. I had to make a choice because I couldn't divide my time equally between doing high school wrestling and then doing professional wrestling. So I had to make a choice. So, um, of course, I chose professional wrestling. And I had to let people know. I had to let my coach know, which was so rough because my coach was cool, or so I thought. Uh, I was like, hey, you know, I have to give this up. And he's like, so why are you giving it up? Um, I'm going to wrestle, wrestle. And he's like, oh, you mean that fake shit? And he just told me straight out, he's like, that fake shit. Yeah, that fake shit. So then the captain found out, and the captain was like four times my size, oh. um, like had like five inches on me, like he's six five, six six, or whatever it is. And he started riding me about it, and me being me, all fired up. I'm like, you know what? He said, I'll show you just how fake it is when we get off the bus, because we live in the same neighborhood. I was like, I'll show you just how fake it is when we get off the bus. Oh, okay. So he specifically got off on my stop. His stop was like two more blocks away. Didn't even matter. He got off on my stop. We waited for the bus to pull off. He was like, so show me how real it is then, huh? I did the best I could in that fight situation for the first 20 seconds. This dude proceeded to pick me up just, just, to, just to rub it in. He slammed me down a few times, and then he picked me up in an actual scoop body slam and then slammed me into some bushes. Oh. I was hanging upside down from the bushes, and my shirt was caught up in the bushes just kind of like, you know, so I, I didn't even get the pleasure of hitting the ground. I was just like Spider-Man over with no Christian guns, just like looking down, like looking up at him. And he's like, oh, I'm bored. He's like, have fun with it. You know what I'm saying? And then he walks off. I must have stayed in the bushes for probably about like, five or six minutes before I hit like the little Snoopy walk back home. I was like, Christmas time. Hey. Did that little walk. And then, for, yeah. So for I those am amateurs out there, that's called selling. Right. I, yeah. I, 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 I took my, I took my beatings for my art. I don't want yeah. anybody to tell me any different. So yeah. yeah. Contemplating life. That's all it was. It was, it was, it, really it was, was you, it was you just going, this is exactly what I want to do. And you just you just proved my point. Right. And and dude, um, that's why sometimes like I get I get so frustrated sometimes about people who just like make sideline commentary about people's career choices and stuff. You know, like I hate that anyway, but like especially with this, you don't know what I've been through to be here. You know, it's like like you saw a few matches of mine, but it's like y'all are so some people can be so loud with their opinions about stuff. You don't know what I went through to be here. You, you don't know, like, uh, what I had to go through in high school and people calling me crazy for doing that. You don't know about uh, my mom's just distaste for it and the fact that she didn't come around on it until, like, the last four years, maybe. She's been waiting on me to quit for years, man, for years. Oh, just a phase. It's just right. a phase. Yeah. And it wasn't until like it wasn't until like I um it was a very long phase. That's the way she put it. And it wasn't until I told her I was going to England that she was like, 
damn, maybe he's a little serious about this. I went to England two years ago. I'm 35 years <laughs> old. It's not a phase. <laughs> I love you, Mom. You'll never watch this, but I love you. Love you, Mom. <laughs> love you, Mom. See, and, and that, that's a perfect segue because one of my questions was going to be, um, you know, are, are there many differences between the wrestling scene here in the U.S. and the wrestling scene over in, in England, you know, that, that you saw? So here's, here's the difference that I noticed mostly uh, when it's all said, especially the time I went to England because uh, it really took a pandemic and speaking out to like slow it took the pandemic and speaking out to just completely come and come bring Brit rest to like a screeching halt. So, um, here we go again. Suge's talking about stuff that he probably shouldn't talk about, but whatever. I don't really care. Um, nobody's watching. I'm sure. I'm sure. It's just us. Yeah. Um, I keep grabbing random things too. Now I have measuring tape. Uh, so, I feel like wrestling here sometimes um, it can get a little frustrating because of the fact that I think people let ego, they let pride, and they let I'm not going to say the buddy system necessarily, but they will let placism, as I like to call it, get in the way of business. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes Good business means doing business with people that you're not necessarily going to go to Denny's with at the end of the night. It's like, I may not necessarily know you like that. I might not necessarily jive with your type of style of wrestling. I might not necessarily, uh, we, we may have differences of philosophy. If it's not a case where it's going to affect the locker room atmosphere as a whole or affect my audience or put somebody in danger. I need to start learning how to put this aside so that we can make, so that we can draw, so that we can have some stuff going on. Um, say what you want about Vince McMahon. He's buried a lot of hatches. He's, he's buried a lot of hatchets in people's backs, but also in the ground when it means it's time to get that, because mm-hmm. everybody understands that. I feel like in England, one of the things that I really enjoyed about it, and especially, well, I won't say England, the UK as a whole, if something was really popping off, England as a whole is probably about five hours wide. The UK, if you go from probably bottom to top, is probably eight to 10 hours wide. So when something pops off, word travels fast. Mm. So they're worried about getting these crowds in, getting this money, putting in the best possible product that they have. So, yeah, you got people that are juiced in. You got people that are buddied up. You got people that do this. You got to do that. But I feel like when I look at the atmospheres there, if there's the potential to make money, I don't have time to vet you. I don't have time to um, have you kiss my ass to get a spot. I don't have time to put you through all the paces or run you through the wrong. If you can make me money and you can get these people talking about my show, come on, let's go ahead and do it. Because, like, my first tour, a lot of people didn't know me like that. And Brit Rest was in a position where it was like, we don't necessarily need imports. We're good. Like, so what do you bring What do you bring to the table that we don't have? Mm-hmm. So I got a lot of no's. But after that first tour, 
it was the second and the third tour where people were really like, yo, this guy's for real. Like, let's go. And then I had a nice little tour of the islands after that. And um, word got around fast and people knew. And there were some companies that, uh, you know, there's some companies where it was just business when I came in. There was other companies where it became family when I came in. But we didn't let that get in the way of doing business. Yeah. And I feel like even some of the big leagues here get in the way of doing business because they're letting mm. stop them from doing that and not in a good way. Especially yeah. when I see some of the guys that probably shouldn't be doing business that they'll make excuses for. And then guys that have all the reason to be doing business, but you know, that's another story for another day. Now where the, the motivation, you know, you talked about your mom wasn't kind of with you in, in the wrestling corner. Some of the people in the beginning of your career, you know, like you said, said that you had trash matches, you know, where, where's that motivation, you know, coming from that has kept you in the game as long as you have. I mean, if you people don't know, and you didn't hear him say it earlier uh, while we were talking, he, he's been around for 15 plus years. So, you know, <laughs> you got to have some motivation in there. That's a gift and a curse when you say that. But it's, 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 see, but there are plenty of people that I feel that have started out and have gotten to a point and were just like, I'm not going anywhere. Sure. I'm, I'm done. Like, I'm going to go to my regular job, you know. So, not to get all Bojack Horseman on you. When I say that, it's like, it's, 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 like, that's the most existential show. Like, I love that show, but I hate that show. Like, you have to have a special kind of self loathing to go back and watch episodes of that show because it's like, do I really feel like exploring my feelings like to this to these depths right now? Um, is the best, worst, most terrible, most awesome thing to be able to say that I've been at this 16 plus years. Um, there's some locker rooms I walk into and I look around and I'm like, this guy's done seven tours of Japan. And he's not even 24 yet. This guy signed contracts at three places already and hasn't even hit 30. This dude is barely 20 and has already had a tryout with WWE and gets emails every six months from Regal to check in to see what's going on. And then there's me. And the reality with some of that sometimes is, um, Oh, we're really doing this right now. Um, there is a reality in this situation sometimes where I look at uh, I look at my life and how I've lived it. I look at things that I've wanted in my life, uh, things that I was good at. And there's a lot of things that I was good at. Um, I did well, you know, but like doesn't move me. So that's like its own form of torture. And then you, the things that you really, really, really enjoy, the things that you really want, um, life kind of has a way sometimes of trying to grind you down. And it's like, why are you going after that? Why are you chasing that? So it takes a special kind of resolve to even want to still go after that when you don't have support like that. And um, that can be tough. But the thing that you always have to remember, if you really, really, really want it, if you're really, really about it, as you say you are, um, there are going to be some really quiet moments 
in the back of your mind in the recesses when it's just you, um, where you ask yourself if you're a fool for still chasing this. If you're stupid because you're looking around at everybody else making their money and being happy and getting married and getting direct deposit every Monday, you know, from companies, you know, it's like I was just at AEW and it felt like everybody was getting contracts thrown at them. And like, I was there for six months and couldn't get one. And uh, you ask yourself questions, you know, and you wonder, you know, was it me? Was it something else? Whatever. Um, I don't have time for that. It happened. It was cool. I'm not mad about it. I ask questions, but I don't have time to dwell on it. Um, I failed more times in public and I failed even more times in quiet that people don't even know about. But um, I love the art of this and I not to get super poetic or anything like that, but I always compare my stuff to uh, the book, The Odyssey. You know, Homer didn't get home for 20 years. It's a long, 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 long time to be without anybody. He had, like, a family waiting on him. Like, you know, he left when he had a baby, and he comes back to his child when it's a grown man. Never seen his father. Doesn't have, like, a real memory of his father like that. So um, I don't know if sometimes what I'm on is just the journey or if there really is a destination, and maybe I am foolish for chasing this. Maybe my story is to be a cautionary tale for somebody else that you don't want to overstay your welcome. But then am I also supposed to be that story where if you hang in long enough, good things do happen or I don't know, but I have to tell it. Mm -hmm. It still has to play out. Yeah. So yeah, that's the best I can tell you right now. Um, just being honest. I, I, I personally think it's going to be the story of, the good things are going to happen to those who wait. Is it? I think. <laughs> like, um, not to be that guy, because I'm a generally positive guy, but, um, damn, this is the first time I'm talking about something like this, too. Um, you know, for every Leon Ruff story and for every Will Hobbs and for every uh, Serpentico and uh, and guys like that who – you know, they busted their ass and they got something good, you know, and, and they absolutely deserve it. And you clap for them because, you know, good things happen for them. You think of like the Tracy Smothers of the world. God bless his soul. Um, he should still be alive right now. You know, um, that's a guy who was like really giving love and giving knowledge and giving a lot of um The world and the business need people like that. Yeah, but um, a lot of times the business don't recognize people like that when they should. And, um, you know, that's a guy that should be at the PC or that's a guy that should be a coach or something like that. And the reason why I, I get worked up about it is because, um, you know, dude was out there on these indies trying to make this money, trying to get trying to get medical bills paid, trying to trying to wait it out and to have the kind of money to get in there to get, you know, surgeries that he needed and stuff like that. And, um, you know, all this knowledge that he was just dropping on guys like me and so many others, like you saw all the posts. Oh, yeah. He went, and it's like um, nobody thought to try to get this guy in as a trainer or, or a coach or anything like that so this guy could get some benefits, some medical insurance. 
So he still be around? I think about stuff like that all the time. And it's like, that's a guy who should have had a happy ending on his story. And he, you know, like, I'm sure he's got a lot of great memories that uh, he gave us in the midst of all that and everything. And I guess he wouldn't change that because, um, you know, he was a wrestler to the bitter end, but he'd just still be here. And I think about what this business could have gave him back, especially because he never expected anything. Yeah. So just because a story should end a certain way doesn't mean it always does. And um, he get worked up about that kind of stuff thinking about it. So, you know, um, just being truthful, I don't, I don't know. You know, that's a great thought, but I don't know. And you're, it's not and gonna stop me from moving forward, but I don't. You're know. not alone, right? No. I mean, that's 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 the story of independent wrestling that I think yeah. needs to be told. We talk mainstream so much. We, you know, you mentioned AEW, you mentioned WWE, but we don't talk enough about people like you, Shug, that are out there. People like Tracy who are out there grinding for an opportunity, grinding for benefits, grinding for, you know livelihood doing it for and the love of what wrestling is to them or the art yeah so, yeah yeah sorry so we hope, uh, we, sorry we hope to bring people a little bit more exposure to that right and, and you know that's why we appreciate people like you coming on and talking to us about it because it's real we know you're real right now this is not this is no yeah this, this is real sorry about that i just um that's that's just been on my mind and uh, you know i haven't been talking to people lately. I've been kind of on some boot camp stuff lately. So, like, yeah. Yeah. We have Thanks. a way about uh, We have a way about that. We we tend to just get people to open up. I don't know. Friendly faces, I guess. I don't it's know. Cool, man. It's the bald head here. But where, well, it's, me- it's mesmerizing and calm. It, 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 is. <laughs> it, it is. just makes you want to just submit your, 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 just, it's, it's a truth. It's a truth serum in a way, you know? <laughs> Drink I love it, in. it. Drink it in. Drink it in. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, we're going to talk about the future. And the future is tomorrow. Yeah. Friday the 13th. Mm-hmm. Friday the 13th. Lucky 13. Yeah. Action wrestling. You got a little match coming up. There, there's, been, there's been a little bit of Twitter barbing uh, back and forth between you and your opponent. Uh, Cabana, Cabana Man Dan. I would call it barbing. I, I mean... Well, I, I, I've seen words thrown around like punching bag, like sure. whipping boy, uh, an embarrassment uh, to himself. Do we do? I mean, are, are we doing this? Do you, do you really want to get into that? I, I, I mean, I, I mean, I want to get your thoughts on on tomorrow's match. I, I, I want to hear I want to hear from the man. Going against Cabana Man, Dan, well, sure. I, I want your thoughts. On tomorrow night. You know, I really, I, you know, before I do that, I really should check in with the action office just to make sure I'm not saying, oh, that's right. I don't give a damn what they think. Um, you know what? Cool. You you asked. Um, I have to do my, my obligation to plug them and all this other stuff like that because I'm on here. You're, you're sponsoring them, of course. So let me do my due diligence to them, and then I will do my due diligence to myself. Okay. Um, November the 13th, two shows, Action Wrestling. Um, you know, we've got Friday the 13th, and then we've got Friday Night Fights. You know, I will be wrestling one-on-one with Cabana Man Dan at whatever place in the card that they decide to put me, which will probably not be main event because they barely can 
even bring my my match up at any given time, and they only advertise my match when I got pissy about it on Twitter or whatever it is. Okay, now I can start being me. I plug them, you know. Oh, and watch it on IWTV when it goes up on tape delay. Okay, great. Cabana Man Dan. Here's my problem with Cabana Man Dan and why I said what I said about him. Um, you know, I'm talking about this business and I'm pouring my heart out about guys like Tracy Smothers and things of that nature. And then I look at somebody like Dan, okay? There's fundamentally issues with this business and how it's ran. And I'd care less about that if people were transparent and they were honest about how that works. People are too scared to tell the truth because they're worried about their spot or they don't want to piss this person off or I don't want to mess up my chance to get here. You definitely don't talk about a place like action or talk about decisions that they make because, oh my God, that's some of the best visibility I'll get in Georgia. I don't want to screw up my chance to get booked outside of the state or possibly get used for dark for a four minute squash spot unless they think that you're something special. So when I look at a guy like Dan, and he tells me after I specifically keep telling action, he's not my problem with the business, change the match. That he's not scared of me. He doesn't, he, he's taken big ass whoopings before, all this other stuff. He's not worried about me. Why are you glorifying being a punching bag? Is that what this business has done to you? Because I know it did that to me for a long time. Um, you, you start hearing that you're nothing so long that you actually start believing it and you think that's your place. You know, um, I'm just here to make people look good before they get ready to go make big money. I'm just here to fill the card. I'm just, I'm just here to fill out a car. You, you want to book the guy that I'm traveling with. I'm just the guy that's also splitting the gas money. So we'll throw you a bone, you know, stuff like that. And um, I guess he's okay with being a cell monkey, getting his ass beat and, you know, being cute and doing the little flip-flop thing and everything like that. And for that, I'm sorry. And the thing is, he's the type of guy who's put in the kind of time that I've put in, who has reinvented himself, who has went out there and had bangers time and time again. And he should really demand more. And he should really ask for more. And he really should think that his legacy is bigger than just some flip-flops. Just like I think my legacy is bigger than a one-minute squash spot with Le Champion. You know, everybody thinks that's like the biggest moment of my damn career. I don't think so. I don't agree with that. But I guess because it happened with more eyes on it, that's supposed to be the biggest thing. No. I, I, excuse my French. I think that's bullshit. So in the case of Dan, I don't even look at it as like, I'm not asking to change the match because I'm scared. I'm not asking to change the match because I'm asking to change the match because he's the type of guy I don't have a problem with. And I don't want to have to beat his ass to a pole, but because he won't back down because he's being so prideful because he wants to poke his chest out and protect the same people that are abusing him. I guess he's part of the problem. It's that it's that whole, you know, you know, master, master, like, like they're giving them table scraps and it's just like, oh, but, but they treat us good. You know, ain't, ain't we happy with our spot on the car? Shouldn't we just be happy that we even booked? Nah, 
We should want more than that. But he's okay with that. You know, because then I'm looking at guys like Anthony Henry who they can just be gone for as long as they want to. And then they just show up and get dream matches. I didn't dream that matchup. Dream match for who? You know, and he'll be the type of guy that gets signed in less than two or three months. You know what I'm saying? Gabe will come calling over there in WWE and they'll snatch him up, you know? Meanwhile, I'm still here. Dan's still here. But we're not getting no pension. We're not getting no wage. We're not getting our, we're not even getting our love from the house that we're supposed to be putting the bricks in, you know? Meanwhile, other people can just come in and go out and it's all good. And we're just here. But he wants to protect that. Cool, man. So it's nothing personal, but if Dan shows up and they won't change the match by tomorrow, I'm just going to beat his ass. It's not, a, it's not a personal thing. It's a message thing. In action, yeah, you're part of the problem. And I'll probably get a text about it or I'll probably get a message about it or whatever it is. Don't really care. Sorry. Uh, yeah. I apologize to y'all, not Dan. not. No, hey. No. Uh, Dan. Yo, I mean, it's serious. We understand and, you know, things are getting a little tense. You know, we, we wanted your opinion and we appreciate the honesty. And you got it. We got it. Anything else you want to get into? You want to you want to talk about, I mean, you want to talk about how, like, uh, you know, like they got talented guys on dark that are like 20 and 0, but like, excuse me, 0 and 20. I'm sorry. If they were 20 and 0, we wouldn't have a problem. But they got guys on dark that get bought in for 0 and 20 records. But, you know, they can bring Ben Carter in out of nowhere and, you know, suddenly he's beating guys and doesn't even have a contract. Little stuff like that, you know. You just, you just look at what they want to do when they want to do something. It's all up and down the card. Or we could talk about the good old boy network in Georgia that decided that Jackson Riker needed to be on a pedestal. Jackson Riker, who, uh, you know, gets on Twitter and was it Twitter or was it Facebook where it's guys that are my skin tone that need to realize how good we've got it. But that's the guy that's supposed to be the leader of Georgia wrestling at the time. You put all that energy, all that investment into a guy like that. And last I checked, there were a lot of black backs that laid down for him to make sure that he even got to that level. But we have to be respectful of that. That's the guy that needs to go ahead and represent Georgia wrestling. But I can't. Dan can't. You know, we can talk about that stuff too, but, you know, we're good. We only got so much time on this show. You look, right. you look, I'm, I mean, I, I just try to give you some time to, to kind of vent it out and, and, and get to a point. I'm fine. I don't know why everybody thinks I'm pissed off or I'm mad about something. I'm fine. Everybody can't be too scared to say what they need to say. No, it, it, it's That's a true. rare, a rare trait that people can be honest and not afraid to be honest. Okay, cool. So I appreciate that. So let's, uh, I assume you got a question. Let's lighten the mood. Can we lighten the mood? Sure. Is that, is that, is that cool? Whatever so you, you talked about a lot of promotions. You've been on the road. We like road stories. <laughs> you know, we've, we've seen you up in the collective. We've seen you down here in the Southeast. You've been through traveling around. I'm sure there's been a lot of driving to get to the shows that you got to go, you know, work on. You got any fun travel road stories for us to just, Lighten things up a little bit and get us back on track to a nice 
nice cheerful episode of the Bald Monkeys podcast. Sorry, sorry. I know we've been all over the map emotionally on this. We, we really have. I mean, we've we've hit. There is no every format yet. This is organic. We don't. We like to let things just flow, and where it goes, we just we're along for the ride. So sure, we're good. We're good as far as it goes. So um, this isn't so much a this isn't so much a road story, but more so um. I'll give you one. It involves a vehicle. I'll give you that. So, um, all right. I want to take you back to trying to remember the year. Let me me put it in perspective how back this is. This predates um, Kareem Abdul-Jamar, which was the prototype to Sugar Dunkerton. So this is way, 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 way before all that. So I want to say this is like 2008, 2009, maybe. So at the time, one of the bigger indies in Georgia was GWP, Georgia Wrestling Promotions. And they used to have these big shows that they used to promote on a ball field, you know, baseball park. Mm-hmm. So the cool thing about it was when they did those shows, they would have these dirt. It was like, okay, you got the baseball field, right? You had to have this long stretch of dirt that led outside the baseball field, and then there was, like, the the batter's house or whatever it was, which was, like, the locker room. So in country, country fashion, WrestleMania three style, instead of the the carts that took you to the ring, big old F-150 truck with the bed open, and you would hop in the back of the bed of the truck, and they would ride you down to the baseball field. You hop out. Do your entrance, <laughs> Motor City, <laughs> and then you get in the ring. It was great. It was wonderful. So um, I'm excited. They got me booked. This is my first big match at, like, a, a indie that's, like, about something there. And I'm like, you know what, man? Super hyped up. This is going to be good. This is going to be great. I can't wait. <laughs> so, um... It was me versus Simon Sermon that night. Shout out to Simon Sermon. Uh, he still doesn't get the props that he should get around Georgia for just how entertaining he was. And, um, you know, I'm out, man. This is like a big deal for me. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it, it, like I still hadn't debuted at Wildside yet. So for now, I was like, if I kill it here, this has got to be an inroad into Wildside. So everything's going to be all good. I'm getting hyped. I'm feeling good. Yeah. My music starts playing. So all I had to do was just walk to the truck, get in the bed of the truck, and keep it going. But no, I'm excited. This is GWP, Waleska Ballfield, 200 people. We going up. So I get full sprint going <laughs> to the truck. I'm I'm. I'm going, you know, this is amp. I'm getting hyped, man. Like, hold on, hold on. Sorry. I gotta get, I gotta get, I gotta go full effect on it. So, like, hold on, hold on, hold on. Then I was I, gonna I, ask you what music was like playing in your yeah. head or something. Oh, no, I'm, 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 I'm going what music was playing in my head. <laughs> we're getting it. We're getting it. We're, get, we're getting there, Christopher. Relax. <laughs> Rocky Four, the training, mon- the training montage. But no cabin, no cabin and no snow. Just no cabin, no snow. <laughs> so it's like, boom, my music's playing. I'm running. I'm running. I'm going into a full sprint, and in my head, 
Into this fuck bed, it's gonna look cool as shit. Everybody in the locker room, like, yo, that kid has got funk. And then we ride down to the ring. I'm stepping. But what I failed to realize <laughs> is there is a slump of dirt, like a little pothole that they oh. dug that's kind of long before you get to the part of the road that gets to the truck. So I'm running. And then suddenly, I don't have a record scratch sound, so I can't. <laughs> Falls in the ditch, sling over into the side of the truck bed. Oh. When I tell you everybody laughed, they didn't even check on me. They <laughs> laughed their asses off the moment that that, that happened. So to make matters worse, you know, I'm like, okay. I done already ate this truck to the face. It's all good. Just get, hurry up and get, hurry up and get in the truck and just get to the ring. What I failed to realize as I try to recover is that my head is completely under the truck at this point. So when I go to shoot up, to hurry up and get up, it's, oh God. So then I catch it on the second way. So then everybody pauses because they, could not believe that that happened. Oh, he's he he This is when concussion jokes were like okay before. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah, yeah. Which concussions are no joke no whatsoever. Way. But in the context of this, it's funny as hell. So I just sheepishly get in the truck. And it's like, I'm so defeated. It's like, it's again, it's a Snoopy moment. So the head down and I just get in the truck and then I get driven down for my match and it went fine. But um, for the longest time in Georgia, the running gag was the whole like, um, hey, you remember that time he shining wizard a truck? <laughs> <laughs> I would get that for years and years and years and years. It took like, it oh. took like so many big bookings before um before everybody was just like it's like all right look that was 43 years ago okay I done did Chikara I'm not trying to hear it not trying to hear it no more but yes that's my story that is one of the best travel non-travel stories we've yes. heard on this podcast so thank you for sharing it involved that a vehicle yeah, so I, yeah I figured it would still count I, I appreciate you making that modification to it because then we would have never heard it and I would I would never have known that laughter. So again, so again, they don't know what I've been through for what I have, which isn't much, but I respect that little bit that I have because of what I've been through. Truth. And my hand hurts because I've been banging on it. <laughs> The man ate part of a truck, people. Give him a freaking break. F-150, baby. <laughs> so that was a fun travel story. So yeah. let's get out of the ring. Well, let's, I mean, you were already out of the ring into a truck, but let's, yeah. let's get out of the ring completely. Uh, you talked about some, some books, some reading. You talked about maybe some music. What, what kind of hobbies do you have outside of the ring? I know that's tough sometimes for wrestlers because wrestling really becomes your life, but do you have any hobbies? Glad, I'm super glad you mentioned that. Wrestlers, stop letting wrestling become your life. 
you can love wrestling, but like love other things, you know? Because mm-hmm. like I'm looking at, especially the pandemic. I think the pandemic really taught people a, a lot about themselves because then you really started figuring out who didn't have anything going on if wrestling wasn't going on. And it's like, dude, mm-hmm. have things in your life. Like, um, I like to read, um, you know, writing. Of course, music. Music is off the chain. Um, you know, I, I, I get into yoga here and there and everything like that. And, of course, like, I like fitness for my own purposes because my family has got uh, – my family has had a lot of history of health issues, and I'm trying to break that cycle. So, um, you know, it's like – and it's not always easy, you know, but um, I do the best that I can do for me. Um, I got back into gaming and it's mad therapeutic, man. Like I went and, um, I put money together and I finally got my first gaming laptop. So like, you know, I've, I've reinvested time into being able to play stuff and I make time and whatnot. And it's, it's great. It's beautiful. Like I love doing it. And, um, I feel like, dude, you, you have to have those things that you love that you get into. That's not this because you're right. Wrestling's like super consuming. It demands so much and it's it's almost cruel how much it demands and it's like dude there's got to be some days where it's just it's just not about wrestling that's why like i cherish mm-hmm. uh i'm a very small circle outside of wrestling some of them wrestlers and some of them not wrestlers but i love anybody that i could just not talk wrestling with and everything's all good mm-hmm. you know it's a beautiful thing i liked uh you, you mentioned the the gaming computer and I loved the way that you revealed that. Oh, wow. Uh, I mean, I was like, man, what, what's going on? And I was like, mm, watching it, watching it. And all of a sudden, it's about the computer. And I was like, you got it. You got this it. has been the greatest thing I ever watched. <laughs> you got you to gotta hook them, man. So for those of you who don't, hold on. Hold on. Be right back. Right <laughs> while while Sugar's doing that, if you haven't seen it, go find it on his Twitter. So for those of you who don't know what he's referring to, um, I might have put up a video that made it sound like I'm about to have an actual human child. <laughs> and, you know, I, I was I was very emotional about it and I was a little choked up and everything like that. But as it turns out, when I was talking about a child, I was talking about this number. Now, oh, um, now, as you can see, sometimes the, the sometimes you know, a little older now. Um, at the time, you know how sometimes children grow and they evolve. So during that video, it was black. So you know, I, I went and I had some things done and some things modified. Like and um, yeah, this this thing's a tank, like twelve pounds, man. Dang. We out here hitting, we out here hitting all sorts of curls. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and it's like, bam, we play Monster Hunter World, and then we doing this number with the joint. You know what I'm saying? But like, <laughs> it's been great, and I love it. And um, shout out to Kip Sabian. I know he told me to get a desktop, but um, everybody ain't got direct deposit money like you, player. Um, uh, and some of us have to go hunt for our food. We can, we don't just go to Daily's place every week and like knock it out. So like, while I'm traveling, I just like to be able to, you know. Take it with me, and then we make it do what it do. And it's all love. I love me some Kippy Baby. He's a man. <laughs> I love it. That that that, was, that red is slick. I, right I do there. like the red. I, I do. I'm I do like that red. I do like the red. It's it's uh very nice. That Cletus Cassidy, that carnage. I know. I know. Let's get into some favorites. So we just saw the gaming laptop. What's uh What's your favorite? 
game currently to play? So, <laughs> so we, there's two extremes <laughs> with me. I, li I like anything as long as it's fun. I will buy a laptop like that with like six gigs of, of video card memory and a terabyte hard drive and all this other stuff like that. So like, this, like everybody's getting all excited about PS5. That's wonderful. I can, I can, you know, <laughs> child's play. Um, like, 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 you know, I, I, I'm, I'm out doing that right now. We're good. Um, I will get that kind of horsepower to run something like Hotline Miami on it, or like Chippendales Rescue Rangers or something like yes. that. Like, what, when I tell you that's the most powerful eight bit game you have ever seen on that screen before, like you have never seen pixels that look the way it looked on that right there. But then at the same breath. I will play like Monster Hunter World, you know, or like Payday 2 or all that other stuff like that. Um, if we're talking about games that I put like heavy man hours in recently, um, I will always play Hotline Miami just because. Uh, so if, if I had to go top five in any order, Hotline Miami, um, Cuphead, Cuphead, again, is for anybody that just hates themselves. Like just... Just play it. Just play it. Like, like if you hate yourself, just play it. <laughs> um, so that Cuphead Payday Two is always fun. Um, it's the closest that you're gonna get to being like a true robber and heister. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, in times, it, it's so good. Like, it's such an awesome game. Um, I've really been getting into Monster Hunter World recently, and um, Frostpunk. Frostpunk hmm. is pretty cool. Uh, I don't know if anybody's ever heard of it, but Frostpunk is basically about, long story short, global warming went in reverse. So it's actually global cooling. The whole world just, like, cooled uh, down. Okay. So, like, the whole world is, like, negative cool 20 degrees. I like and that. You're supposed to like uh, you're supposed to, like, rebuild civilization from that. But the thing is, it's like you have no other choice but to make like cruel decisions to keep that going sometimes. Like, um, what's an example of something that happens in that game? Um, oh, so if your people run out of food, you got to wonder how to feed them, right? So your advisor guy, and the advisor guy in the game is like the coldest dude in the game because he's just <laughs> giving you booking ideas that are just like, well, if you do this, <laughs> do this angle, you're going to piss off this part of the audience. But if you run this angle, you're going to piss that part of the audience off. It's like, is there any angle that we have that appeases everybody? No, no. not at all. Just like real life. Yeah. So um, the two possibilities that you have to feed your people if you have no food are, A, if you have <laughs> – one of them is like super cruel. So I'll start with the not cruel one of the two cruel choices. One is just, hey, we'll see what happens. Nobody eats right now until we figure out, like, what's happening, right? So mm -hmm. we'll just see who makes it. The other option is if you have a sawmill, we can make porridge out of the sawdust, and we just don't tell them that there's sawdust in the porridge. Man, and... But they stay fed. Christopher, what's what's wrong? I'm just not sure how you make porridge out of sawdust. That doesn't. You're not supposed to, 
But when you're hunting, that's what I'm saying. Like, you have all the means of being able to do it. You just don't have no oats instead of the oats. You just, yeah. Yeah. See, now I saw that whole situation going a totally different way. And that's because I am way messed up in this bald head. Oh, of Soylent Green? You were, going, you were going the Soylent Green route? I, I was going, oh, who's, who's going to offer themselves up? And we're going to chop you up. Yeah, that's Look, what I thought you were going with. I haven't, gone deeper, I haven't gone that deep in the game yet. It, it can still be on the table. They got some cruel decisions that you have to make as a leader. And then the, the other thing that I dig about that, They'll throw you two cruel decisions like that, and then there's but there's always a third option. The third option is, I don't want to bother with this right now. So you just <laughs> let the ship fly. You don't make a decision. The third decision is just don't make a decision. Yeah. It's great. Like, I love it. Sometimes just it's just like, nothing. okay, we'll figure out what they do. If they revolt, they revolt. It doesn't matter. doesn't matter. Let's let, let's keep it moving. Oh, man. Kind of build stuff. I, I, that sounds like a crazy-ass game. It's, it's great. <laughs> like, you really find out who you are in that game because the thing is, there is no, like, there's no good choice. There's always a consequence. There's always a consequence. So there's never a choice that makes you feel like, and you're not necessarily a bad person for making that choice. It's just, okay, if you were put, if you were faced with the decision of doing it this way or doing it that way, you just decided to do it this way. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta love it. Laptop aside, do you have a favorite gaming system that you like to play over the years? I would have probably, I would have probably uh, went back to, um, I probably would have went back to Xbox, but I just see like how much money people blow on consoles. And then on top of that, you, the games and, you know, they take it up space. And then even with the new consoles, it's like the games are eating up so much hard drive space. If you want to do it digital and all this other stuff. To me, why not get a computer? Because you get most of the same games anyway. I know they got exclusives and whatnot, but, like, it just makes sense to do that. Now, if there was a system I could go back in time to just do – hold on, we're, we're, we're about to really peel the curtain back. Uh-oh. Are we going to compare? Off, I'm going off screen. <laughs> Are we going to compare? Work. I, I only got an Xbox 360 down here, so. We're oh, really about to peel the curtain back now, guys. I got things. Okay. I, can, I cannot wait to see what Sugar's bringing. All right. Hold on. I don't want I don't want to give away too much of my room set up here. <laughs> so, you know, oh, we you on know, the move. Everybody, everybody we're we're, we're going for a we're going for a spin. All right. So I don't know if you can see anything. Is it too dark? Super no, Nintendo. We Super Nintendo. But look at what's in there. Dang. If, if you if you look at the collection, hold on, let me let me shout some let me shout some stuff out. Uh you got Contra 3. Love it. Final Fantasy 2. Love it. Sim City. Uh, Shadowrun. Breath of Fire. The original Final Fantasy 3 before they realized they misnumbered it and it was actually Final Fantasy 6. Wing Commander. Um, Super um, Chrono Trigger, the greatest RPG that's ever been made. Um... Yeah, it runs. If you couldn't tell, Saturday Night Slam Masters. If, yeah. I still keep a Super Nintendo on me. I keep the thing on me. Now, now that I've shown this, probably some people thinking, "Hey, I wonder what part of Georgia he lives in. Maybe I might be able to, you know, pull a little heist. Give me some Super <laughs> Nintendo." Games. So you could do that. And generally, I'm a pacifist. 
I'm a peaceful guy. I don't get into some stuff. However, if you break into my domicile trying to get some Super Nintendo games or otherwise, I keeps the steel on me, and I don't mean Shaq. Okay? All right. You're in trouble. Keeping them in front. Keeping them <laughs> That's a good collection. I, I, mine's over there. I can't turn the whole laptop over, but Super Nintendo, Nintendo, Genesis, PS2, Atari gaming Ooh. system. He's crazy. All hanging out over there. And the N64, one of the greatest systems ever built. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It has some bangers. Um, like, I go far, I go as far back as the original, uh, the original Nintendo. Oh, and then, you. like, I was, I was system hopping for a long time until we got to Xbox One, and then X. Then after that, I was just I got tired of keeping up. Mm. So I, I got one for you, sure. I got one for you. What you got? If you bust out a Dreamcast, I'm about to oh. lose it. <laughs> oh! What you know about a power pad? So I know a lot about the power pad. So a lot about the power pad. Yes. Oh my lord! I will not let you convert a power pad into a DDR Mac. I don't know. I don't know why. Oh my that, lord! That and and Duck Hunt is like my go-to if I want to get real retro. But the problem is you can't play Duck Hunt on the new TVs. You need a tube TV, and who the heck has right. a tube TV anymore? Right. Like like. They really shot themselves in the foot. Could you imagine if they tried to like redo Duck Hunt? I would buy all of them. I would play. I, I would probably lose my regular job. I'd lose this job. I wouldn't be doing this anymore. I'd be playing <laughs> like, Duck Hunt. I could see them redoing Duck Hunt now because like they got more respect for retro. But yeah. if they had tried to bring back Duck Hunt around like 2000 to 2005, when you know, you know. We're extreme, so we spell things with Z's instead of S's. <laughs> you know, all this other stuff. Extreme duck hunt. You know, so the, the dog would have like the dog would have spikes on his collar. <laughs> the ducks would be like, you know, trying to shoot back at you. Like, they oh, got I love that game. Like, you got shoot, yeah. You have like, to hold the gun sideways. Yeah, you can't hold it straight up and down. <laughs> yeah, like they they would have been trying too hard. Too hard. Like, okay, ducks with twos, man. You know, like it would have been a lot of that. Now, now, for anybody listening, Duck Hunt 2, the most extreme hunt, is intellectual property of Suge D, just so you guys know. He I, just pay me a dividend, man. Just pay me a dividend and we're good. You know, we're good. Oh, man. Okay, so we heard, we heard kind of a road story earlier, but when you actually make it into the vehicle, what are you listening to on the radio? Oh, man, like, uh, first of all, Spotify is like great. I tried to fight a streaming thing so like like a streaming app so long, and then I finally just gave in eventually because like it was the right subscription package at the right price. And man, let me tell you, like like it'd be missing some stuff, but there's so much stuff that's on it you don't think so much about what's missing. And um, God, man, like um. I listen to anything as long as it sounds good. But if we were talking about like go tos, um, God, this is gonna start getting weird. Hold on, let me let me go into my artist list real quick as far as it goes. Like, let me see. I'm gonna go, but I'm gonna go off of who I got the most by at any given time. So <laughs> if we were going by who I've got the most by, it would be like uh, the most saved songs by. 
it'd be like Silver Sun Pickups. Ooh, they're a really nice. good. They're a really good band. Outkast, um, The Weeknd, The Rolling Stones, the greatest rock band that has ever existed. Um, Nerd, Prince. Prince nice. is really good. Uh, Jimi Hendrix and Lenny Kravitz. Kid Cudi. Uh, Kanye West. At a whopping 73 songs saved on my phone, Jay-Z. Um, I might catch some flack for this Coldplay. Uh, Childish Gambino, a.k.a. Donald Glover. Um, Arcade Fire, 2 Chains. Um, I listen to a lot of Beach House, too. Like if, if it's like some trippy, psychedelic stuff, too. Like I listen to Daft Punk and I listen to Beach House. But if it's like some trippy, psychedelic, like vaporwave and all that other stuff like that i'll listen to it because i'm because you know out there on another planet somewhere but general rule of thumb if it sounds good i will listen to it which reminds me there's like a sub genre of country music like right now i really 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 enjoy one song's kind of new one song's kind of not when did country music start getting like kind of like trappy, like kind of like rap. You like it, it's taking it's taking elements of rap. So it's like instead of saying like my whip, they talking about my truck. And mm-hmm. instead of like popping popping crystal, they talking about popping a beer and all this other stuff like that. So it's like um an older example would be like honky tonk with Donka Donk. Okay. That thing. That makes sense. She got there honk that thing. Mm, it's excellent. And then Another song that I heard because um, what a lot of people probably don't know about me is um, I like older country because it tells good stories. Really, really, really good stories. Like I like like Cumberland Gap. Um, what's another really good one? Anything by Kenny Rogers is really good for the most part because it's good stories. I don't I don't like the whole like like my wife left me and she took my dog kind of country. I'm not a fan of that. <laughs> But like some of them other ones really good story. Johnny Cash, of course, um, big ups to the big ups to the man. Like he's excellent storyteller. Um, I heard a song, I, I I even forget the name the guy's name, but like I listen to it every morning now since I've heard it. Cause like Spotify will just suggest stuff. Um, hold on, I'm gonna get the dude's name. Cause I don't know if y'all have heard him heard of him or not. Um, Paul Coffin. Ring a bell. Anybody? 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 Paul Coffin? Anybody? Anybody in the Cocaine chat? Cocaine Country Dancing. Say that That's again. The song. Cocaine Country Dancing. Cocaine. Oh, oh, country man, what? what are, dancing. What are they? What are they doing now? I mean, it just come on. And I want you to catch that first lyric. That they, I knew it was gonna be good when I heard it. Rolling to the club. In my 1964 cat straight ready to stomp. <laughs> and then like literally the, the lyrics, literally the literally the, the um the hook is cocaine country dancing with you. And then it go into the thing. It's great. I love it. You should start your morning with it every day. It's excellent. I- I gotta check that song out. I might I'm that that could possibly be my new wake up song in the morning. Uh, and getting rid of uh, ACDC Hell's Bells. That's a, that, well, oh, no, nah, we don't want to replace that. We don't want to replace that. That's an excellent song. I may have texted Mance Warner and been like, yo, 
if we ever tag, I've got a song for <laughs> you. Yes. So yeah. That would be great. Oh. Okay. Hey, come on, man. Like it was like, if you like this song, you might like and I let it ride because it came on correct. But so the opening line is what got me. It, it, it got me. That's what it, And it's the way rolling to the club with my 1964 Cadastrate ready to stomp. Mm. At a quarter to one. Dang, come on, man. That's... Shook, if you happen to see that on Twitter later, I have. That wasn't me. <laughs> Bro, it's, it's just like a. No, but it's just like a wrestling match. Like, he caught me in the first minute of the match. I was like, he caught me at the entrance. I was like, all right, let's see. Let's, let's see. You know, like, let's see what you got. Let's see what you got. Like, you got me. Let's see what we're doing. He caught me at the entrance, man. Oh man. Okay, so you've you've traveled around a little bit. What has been your favorite city that you've visited while on your wrestling journey? Leeds, 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 Leeds. Huh. Let me check my notes. Leeds. Cause I lived there for two years. It was great. Well, I lived there for a year and a half. Um, there are a lot of great cities that I visited. Don't get me wrong. Like, um, if we're talking about just places I visited, um, uh, Osaka was cool when um, when I did my tour with Smash. Osaka was a really cool one. Um, Osaka is really underrated because everybody always talks about Tokyo, of course, when they get ready to go to Japan. But Osaka is, is cool. Osaka is cool as hell, man. And it's got like its own quirky kind of charisma to it. It's got its own feel. And um, I really like it. I really like it. Like um, if I were comparing Osaka to Tokyo, it's like the movies where, like, they put the super, super, super hot girl on a pedestal, and Osaka's, like, the girl that's also hot, but she's not popular. Like, like she's not, like, cool kid popular, mm-hmm. but it's like, you're watching a movie, and it's like, why doesn't he just get with her? Like, like, like what's going on? Like, that's Osaka. Um, Osaka was really cool. Um, I'm a huge fan of, like, uh, like uh, when, when I visited Ireland, um, Down Patrick was really cool. Out the first time I, t- I toured Ireland with Irish Whip, um, I left on I left the day after Halloween, and Halloween in Dublin was like crazy to see. Everybody's all dressed up. Everybody's you know get drunk as hell, like having a good time and everything. So that was re- that was really cool to see. Um, what else, what are what else was some really cool stuff to see? Um, Chicago. Chicago's a really awesome city, especially if you catch it while it's not snowing. Mm-hmm. Um, really, really, really cool city. Um, I'm always going to have a soft spot in my heart for Leeds because I gave, I gave like a year and a half of my time. Like I lived in Leeds and, um, it's an artsy city. Um, I feel like I know the streets like the back of my hand now because I was there so long. And, um, that's why I always give an honor and a shout to that, especially like in my, my ring intro, because um, it's a special city. And I think anybody that hasn't taken the time to see it, like they're missing out on something. In the UK, did you have a favorite like dish from Ooh. over there? Ooh. Okay. <laughs> shout out to Solo Darling. Uh, shout out to Ophidia too because uh, they'll, they'll, they'll roast me over this one. So they have a flavor of ice cream over there that you cannot 
get over here because we don't have the resources in order to make it properly. Um, unfortunately, and like if, if we're talking about my wellness and whatnot, um, the FDA standards for what passes in food are very different in the UK than they are here in America. So there's a lot of stuff that just wouldn't cut the mustard that's in America. Like there's there's literally Brits that come over and they're like, oh, I can't stand like your Crunch Bar or your Snickers or all that other stuff like that because it's like, it's too, too sweet. Like mm-hmm. you're just loaded, like y'all douse it with sugar and all this artificial stuff. They have a flavor of ice cream known as honeycomb ice cream. First of all, honey is super cheap over there because like they're not low on bees. Cause a lot of honey that you eat here in America is artificial. The cheap stuff is artificial. Yeah. The real stuff, that's why it costs like $14. Cause it's that's what's left because bees are going extinct. It's yeah, like a exactly thing that's this that big. Right. It's delicious. Meanwhile, in England, you know, they they subsidize bee farming and all that other stuff like that. So you can get like a, a thing of honey twice that size for like 99 pence, you know what I'm saying? Which is like, you know, pretty much like saying 99 cents here in the States. Um, but honeycomb ice cream is like pure honey in like a um it's it's like a mixture of sweet cream with like honey mixed into the ice cream, hmm. and then it's got real pieces of the honeycomb inside the ice cream. That's Jesus awesome. Christ. <laughs> It is, it is the most, it is, it is, it is everything. And you cannot get it here in America because that's like real deal, real deal, honey, cream, yada, yada, yada. If you're going to get it, I would highly suggest uh, if you're ever over there, um, the British version of it is really good, but you want the Scottish version of it because the Scottish version uses clotted cream. It makes all Mm. the difference. And um, I love it. Like I love it. And, um, Ophidian and Solo came to stay with me while they were over there. So I put them on game about it, but how do I say this? Um, I love them and I love people. I'm very selfish about my honeycomb ice cream. So when I gave them a taste of that, I literally gave them like the little spoon that you would feed a baby with to like, here's what it tastes like. Now I'm gonna lock it back up in the freezer and like that. That's it. If you want some, Aldi sells it down the deal for like such such. This is mine. This is my <laughs> end of the week stash. Um. Also, another cool thing that UK does instead of Baskin Robbins, Ben and Jerry's. Mm-hmm. No, they no they have like the the full Ben and it's like a store. Like the store. Yes. When I went to the movie theaters there, they had a Ben and Jerry stand. What so flavors? Like, because like, there's the like so many. The stuff you eat here, the stuff like you eat here, so like the cheese, the cheesecake, the freaking Netflix and chill, all that stuff. And it's like, and the prices are super reasonable. Yes, one scoop, two scoop, three scoop, waffle bowl. Waffle oh, bowl. That <laughs> is dangerous. I lost it. I was like, you telling me we giving Baskin Robbins good money and Ben and Jerry's could be like on every block if we wanted it to be? I was so upset. I was so upset. They think I want to go back for the wrestling. No. No. Like, yes, <laughs> the ice cream. Yes, please. If you ever go over, if you ever go over there though, honeycomb ice cream. And the other cool thing is because I'm not big on I'm not big on drinking, which 
it's crazy because if you're over there, like drinking is like a religion. Mm. But um, they it's big in uh, it's big in the Indian culture over there. Um, a lot of them also don't drink. So what they've done is they've made late night ice cream spots. So like it's like the club they playing top forty. They play loud music, all that stuff. But like when you go in, you know they got like a little spot to dance and all that other stuff. But when you go to the bar, milkshakes. Ice cream, yeah, yada, yada, all the other stuff. They even got a few ice creams that might have like some Baileys in it or a little stuff like that or whatever it is. Dude, that's my jam. Nice. I I visited uh, my aunt down in Florida. She's kind of near Tampa. Yeah. And they had she has an ice cream place around the corner from her that had like alcohol infused ice cream. Sounds sounds wonderful. And oh, like uh, what is it? Fireball. They had a, a cinnamon fireball ice cream that was out of this world amazing. Sounds like a killer. Oh. Sounds like a killer. That's it was, what I'm saying. It was so why good. There, why is there different ways to consume fireball? Like I don't like uh, that. that doesn't oh, quite... I mean, they just didn't have. I mean, they, they had they had regular ice cream. But okay. They probably they had about six different flavors that had alcohol in it and i tried three different ones while we were down there because i'm a fat man and i like ice cream and you know you know you throw something throw something tasty in it i'm gonna eat it there it is but uh yeah it was really it was really really good yes pinky up (laughs) but if you ever find your if either you ever find yourself across the pond you owe it to yourself to have some honeycomb ice cream definitely guarantee it yes guarantee it'll happen and I'll send you a message and a picture <laughs> and a little spoonful. I would appreciate it. <laughs> okay, we'll we'll get back into the ring for a couple of questions, a couple of favorites. Uh, who has been your favorite opponent in the ring thus far in your career? Wow, that's rough. Um, and it could be like because you learned from them in the ring during a match it could be you just had so much fun with them you know or it could be someone you just continually wrestle and you guys whoever it is is just fireworks every time you get in the ring i'll take two for right now one based off of uh the impact both matches had and then the other one just just because it's it's a it's a pick them um i will always have the highest regard and respect for Doug Williams, always. Um, I feel like his time while he was in the States was super underrated, um, especially during his time at Impact because, like, do y'all remember he had the X Division title run? Mm -hmm. Like, he was kind of on that, I don't flip, I don't fly, I don't do all that, we're going to take it straight, you know, British wrestling style or whatever it is. And it's like, that was super underrated around that time. He had a hell of a run. But, um... I've always been a fan of that world of sport style of wrestling and just like, you know, chaining and grappling. And it was something that I always wanted to get into, but especially in the early parts of my career, I didn't have anybody that could really teach it to me in a classical sense. So I just strayed away from it. And I wish, I wish I had that means to learn. But um, while I was over there, I quickly picked up a lot of good technique and all that other stuff. But he was the guy to really be like, you want to do it like this and you have to do it this way and you want to go about it that way. And this is why, this is the reason why we do it that way. And I just remember having the first match with him and, you know, there's guys that you, you get excited about having matches with and then you meet them and it's just like, Oh, 
would have been better off not mm. meeting him. You know, like it should the dream should have stayed a dream. Yeah. But like, you know, he he definitely exceeded any expectations that I have because it's like he don't know me from Adam. Like he met me today and he's being ultra helpful, ultra respectful. He he recognizes that um I think he didn't real I think he might have took a shine to me once we started talking about the match. And he started realizing that okay, he's American, but like, okay, he's calling me back Steve Gray and like Les Kelly, and he knows about these spots. Like he he intricately knows about these spots. He's like, okay, we could do something. And then we just started getting deeper into it and discussing and whatnot. And um, he really taught me a lot. And then we had um, another match for the Knight family uh, in Norwich. And, um, you know, we did it again. And unfortunately, I don't know if I'll ever get a third match with him or not. But between those two matches, I learned so much. Like, I learned a ton off of him. And um, I just knew that if I could hang with him, I'm straight. You know what I'm saying? Like, everything's good. Like, I think it was matches like that with guys like him where people were like, this this guy's not just here to hang around. Like he he loves this. Like he yeah. he really could be a part of that Brit fabric. And then like people were just embracing me in. As far as like a match just just because that's just like, man, this is really good and I think people should watch it. I will always have a high honor for me versus Darius Lockhart. That's mm-hmm. on YouTube. Um, two out of three falls. We did it under like a hybrid British style rules. Um, I think it's great storytelling mixed with very, very, very good action with somebody that I hold in very, very, very high regard. Um, I would have anybody go out of their way to watch that match. Nice. Mm-hmm. Everybody look it up. Tag team wrestling. We love it here. Do you have a favorite tag partner? Bit of a tag war, to be honest with you. Uh, like, because I got like what eight tag partners, you know, I had like my share, I had my share over on this side or whatnot. Um, again, Darius Lockhart, uh, like we've only tagged three times, I think. Hold on, let me me think. I always joke about this because. We, we say that we can't even call our stuff tags. It's like collaborations because we haven't even reached 10 matches together. Like, we always joke about that. It's like we had all the three tag matches together. All of them were bangers. You know what I'm saying? So, so mm-hmm. who better than who better than us? Every time we get it, it's a hit. Um, so, a Tribe Called Catch, like, that was, that was, that was good. Like, I always enjoy it because we're, we're always trying to, we're always trying to make each other better when we're calling stuff out and whatnot. We're challenging each other while we're trying to get the best possible match that we can out of it. Um, I would have to say him and uh, God, I'm trying to think of all the tag matches that I had. Um, shout out to Matthew Brooks. Uh, Matthew Brooks over in the UK. That, that was my tag partner over in PCW for Opera Mania. Um, we had instant chemistry the moment that we hooked up. And I just remember I always just had a good time tagging with him. Like, we would just get together, and it would just be a good time. Like, you get there, and it's like, all right, what are we doing tonight? You know, and it's just like, all right, cool. This is what we're doing. And, like, we would just have a good time. Plus, Matt is a huge fan of, like, late 80s, early 90s WWE. So, like, he would always find a way to work something in from that. 
And it's nice. like, I'm with you. I'm with you. Let's do it. Shout out as an honorable mention. Um, <laughs> um, so in PCW, uh, they have a tag. They had a tag team known as Team Single. So the the whole premise of why they call themselves Team Single is because it's like they're a team, but they're so meshed. They're just one, oh. sing, you know, they're one single unit, you know. Um, Tyson T-Bone and Rampage, like and Rampage Brown. If you've seen Tyson T-Bone and you've seen Rampage and you across the ring from, like, just one of them, you like, it's going to be a rough night. So the both of them, it's like, oh, what have I got? <laughs> so, Why did I show up to work today? Right, pretty much. So what happened was there was one night where uh, Rampage couldn't make it. So I ended up tagging with Tyson T-Bone. So we had a little run for a while as um, tea and sugar. (laughs) I like it. And then there was a night that we were supposed to have like a big tag match. Tyson was injured. So who did they call in? Rampage Brown. So now it's like, so it's like, I'm the, I'm the, I'm the, the connect between the two of them. So it was like, okay, so it was me and Rampage. And of course, in either tag team, I'm the guy that's just getting thrown around. It's like, you got the real, real tough guy over here. And then you got, hey, hi, I'm sure. I'm around for the ride, please. Like, like I'm going to come around and do stuff. And um, I just remember being so amped tagging with uh, T-Bone because I was like, yo, does that mean that we get to come out to fucking, fucking in the bushes by um, Oasis? Because if so, I'm really, really, really down. I'm really, really down with this right now. I never felt like more of like a like a badass than like walking out with T-Bone and just like like if you see the match, you know the song I'm talking about. If you watched the Nigel McGuinness match back in the day, you know what I'm talking about. And that song is badass, man. So it's like, you know, I'm walking out there with my freaking um have a pair of tights that are like donuts with sprinkles. And I'm walking out there with them tights. But I'm feeling like I can rob like a mink right now, like with my bare hands. I'm like, so tough right now. This is good. This is good. Tough guy with sprinkles. Right. And at that time, that was before I got my first set of tattoos. Like, um, all my tattoos, um, my tattoos are special to me because I always got a new tattoo every for every tour that I did in England. So mm. all of these are from England. Like, n- nothing is from the States. And um, before I had tattoos, I was like, one night, if we're going to keep doing this tag team, it's like, I just need to get some magic marker, and we just need to mark me up full of tattoos, like like T-Bones marked up so I can look tough like him. But um, I hope one day, but Rampage is on NXT UK, and T-Bone is too. So I guess that means I got to get an NXT UK contract if I want to make this happen. Sure, why not? I'll call I'll why call not? my people. They'll call my people. We'll make it happen. Um, I want to do I want to do a because I feel like I was like the third I was like the I was like the bench player for Team Single, and I just want to have a six man tag where it's like all the members of Team Single was. I'll still take the heat. Of course. But, <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, yeah. Just, you know, six-man tag. All the team single, man. I was, like, the honorary team single member. Like, let's make it happen. Make it happen. Yes. Christopher, did we have any questions from the chat? Uh, let's see. So, I, know, I know I saw one, which was 
what would his dream match be? Yep. Oh, now give me give me three months to prepare for it. Me versus Shinsuke Nakamura. I just think that would be like the great, and I say give me three months to prepare for it because like I, I want to make sure I'm at my most tip toppiest and have like my 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 grapples and stuff down pat because like I would want that to be something super special. Mm-hmm. I wrestle every match like I don't ever know if I'm gonna get a rematch, man. That would be special. What, what was your most outrageous match? you've ever been part of oh god uh had a few of them um (laughs) um it's on youtube discovery wrestling in scotland it's me versus gene money in a zombie survival match there literally was a a a pit of zombies it's a pit of zombies (laughs) like you, you think i'm playing it's a pit of zombies surrounding the ring, and the first person to get eaten loses. Yes. So it wasn't just the fact that somebody had to get eaten and then later turned into a zombie to to win, but then we had a whole dance number set to Thriller at the end with all the zombies and me, like, conducting the zombies and everything through the power of oh, I know <laughs> what I'm awesome. doing tonight. It's on YouTube. It's absolutely free. Even if you just watch it for the dance number at the end, but you have to watch the whole match. It's absurd. Like, um, there was like a, a there was like a hand as a foreign object, like a gnawed off hand as like a foreign object that was used. It was it was great. It was wonderful. That's awesome. It's kind of like a a, a a dead lumberjack match, except the yes. lumberjack except the lumberjacks don't throw you back into the ring. They, they just eat you. you. They want to eat you. you know? <laughs> And um, when you do watch it, just watch for the dark meat, white meat joke. Nice. So understand it when you see it. I'll expect it. (laughs) Well, that's about it from the chat. Uh, Really, we've had a lot of fun, but there's one pressing question. That's the most important question that every other question we've asked you doesn't matter. If this has anything to do with Batista and his junk and the size of it, I will log off right now because that's that's how this sounds like that setup <laughs> right now. There is no junk in this question. Okay. No. This is quality right here. No junk. We at the Bald Monkeys Podcast are not sponsored by this lovely, delicious cookie. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. But. There is an argument throughout Monkey Nation that we need your input on. Sure. Are you team single stuff original Oreo or team double stuff? Double stuff. What are we talking about? Double stuff, bro. There ain't nothing, there's nothing to discuss. We're here for the cream. It would just be a look. I'm not saying the cookie part ain't good. It's a quality cookie. But let's Let's talk about what needs to be talked about. It's that damn cream. It do it every time. It's responsible for why I, I had no chance of getting abs from 2007 <laughs> to about 2000 and probably 15, 16. I went down like a whole sleeve 
a double stuff. If you if I had some milk, oh man, I would down like a whole sleeve of them joints, man. Why is this even a, a, a discussion? Because I, there are crazy ass people out there that think that single stuff is better. Uh, no. <laughs> exactly. Like, they don't love themselves. Like, I'm not saying single they don't stuff love themselves. There's, there's uses for single stuff. Like, if you're making, like, like if you're making, like, the, the brownies or, like, the, the brownies where you need, like, an Oreo middle. Yeah. So you literally line them with Oreo. Because double stuff, the consistency starts to get weird. Yep. Yeah. All that other stuff like that. But if we're talking about just straight up slamming them joints down, especially if you got some milk, Give me double stuff every time. I want them cookies like I like my women. Thick. Thick. Bring it on. Two C's. Let's get it. (laughs) That right there is the right answer. Thank you, Shook. Thank you for everything tonight. We appreciate your time. It's been a blast. Thank you, chat, because the chat was going off all night as you were talking, Shook. You you brought the people in, and they were enjoying themselves. So thank you for that. But more importantly, where can everybody find you? We know we got action tomorrow night. We know we can catch you on action when it premieres on IWTV. But where else can people go out and find Sugar D? At Sugar Dunkerton on Twitter. Um, ProWrestlingTees.com slash Sugar Dunkerton. Please, you know, buy some stuff. I, 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 I make it a point to keep you as fashionable as humanly possible so your money's always going. It's, it's, it's well spent. And it's well designed, so you don't have to worry about that. Um, trying to think of other places that you can go to. Um, I know I have a fan page on Facebook. I haven't updated it in some time. I really should do something about that, but mm, we'll we'll see. Um, Instagram Sugar Dunkerton F A S H O. For those of you that are colloquially challenged, that's for show. Like for sure, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. But like, you supposed to say it cool, like for sure. True, true story. I used to have a job at uh, I used to have a job at a Barnes and Noble back in the day, and there was this cool dude, the bookstore player, Omar. Omar was the only person I knew that had a T-Mobile sidekick, and he had a sidekick when the sidekick was like what like nobody had a sidekick and he would purposely like always flip the phone up just to flex on you he'd be like he'd be like mm, i wonder no but it was like that like, mm, i wonder what time it is and after a while after i started getting wise to it i was like you know you don't have to flip the thing open to find out what time it is like it'll show the time right on the screen he's like nah but i just like i just like doing it but he would always just say for show about everything it was just it was just like you know it's like man we got he's like Man, we got a rush of customers coming in. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's, it's a rush. But, yeah, Omar was, like, super cool. Like, like I don't know what he's doing. He's probably in the North Pole making sure that we keep everything nice and cool and everything. So, yeah, but that's my ode to Omar, like, for sure, like, having that in there. Yeah. Cool. Nice. Well, we'll go. Go check that stuff out. Go buy some merch. I know I'm going to go check out the shirts because I always like supporting you guys and – Filling up my shirt. Do you have anything that's not a black shirt on there? Not because. Oh yeah, I'm, dude. He's oh, got bro. a ton of stuff that's not black. It, I that's mean, where I'm at. That's bro, you I'm got at. to. Yeah, you got to. You got to look at what I got to offer you. Yeah. Um, All right. I'll be there other soon. Other than that, other than that, um, I guess the only the only thing I probably because it's looking like it's gonna wrap up. Uh, thank you for the time. 
again, I will be on action uh, tomorrow. And then, um, you know, I've got a few more dates before we end up getting ready to close the year and figuring out what's going on into next year. Um, I guess the only two things that I would leave it off at are, um, well, one, I, I feel like anybody that's watched this and listened to this has gotten a chance to get to know me on a bunch of different levels. So if you are going to action or you are watching action, I hope your opinion of me doesn't necessarily change uh, after what I have to do. Um, you know, because it just needs to be done. Uh, I don't intend on imp- apologizing about anything tomorrow at all. So I hope you can still find it in you to like me. And if you don't, okay, man. Uh, and then I guess the only other thing that I have to leave it off at is we're in the middle of a pandemic. A lot of stuff is going on right now. Whether you believe in a mask or you don't believe in a mask, um, I would rather you wear the mask and just in case do it. You know what I'm saying? Versus my, my appreciated, uh, my appreciation for that. I'd rather you wear the mask, even if you don't believe it, or at least try to respect what's going on social distance wise, because um, whether you believe it or you don't believe it, the numbers say a little something different. And if you ever want to get back into a place where you can complain about other things aside from masks, let's just go ahead and do what we have to do so we can get back to doing things the way we used to do it. I miss Walmart being open 24 seven and I took it for granted. Truth. Agreed. Agreed. Late night, wa- late night walking around Walmart. Heck yeah, mm. I agree. Mm-mm. Well, everybody, I'm gonna have all of all of the socials up there at the end and the credits. Make sure you go check them out. Shug, thank you so much for taking us on this ride tonight. We appreciate it. Uh, everybody in the chat, everybody on Twitch, hold on. We're gonna take a break. Uh, Shug, don't go anywhere. We gotta ask you a couple questions off the air. Okay. Uh, n- nothing bad, but uh, Chris, no, 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 Chris, send us, send us off, give the people some elevator music to listen to, and uh, we'll be right back. Please find Cocaine Country Dancing if you can. Play it, play it for them, play it for them. They'll thank you later. You can find Suge D on Twitter at Sugar Dunkerton. He's also on Instagram and a new Twitch channel. Check out at Sugar Dunkerton for show. That's F-A-S-H-O. You can also get some of his merch on ProWrestlingTees.com slash Sugar Dunkerton. Check it out. And don't forget, Friday the 13th premieres on IWTV on Thursday, November 19th at 8 p.m. Follow that up on Friday with round two of Friday Night Fights, which premieres on Friday, November 20th, also at 8 p.m. only on IWTV.live. Visit IWTV.live today to watch these great action wrestling events, plus numerous other archive shows from action and other great independent promotions. Use code ACTION for a free five-day trial. Don't miss out. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TheBaldMonkeys. Watch us live on our new Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash TheBaldMonkeys.